Thank you. If you want, we are we're going to be in a lot of places this morning, but if you want to go ahead and open up to Psalm 119. As many of you know, our pastor had challenged us to read through the book of Psalms uh, this month, and if, if you've been going through it, if you signed up through the, uh, the website that he had shared with us that's been given the daily reading, um, for me, that website disappeared. Um, Miss Joyce said it did for her also. So uh, the last two days, you probably have not, if you were getting an email that told you what scripture reading you were supposed to have, you haven't gotten that the last two days. Um, so thankfully, Jessica puts that in the church emails, what you are reading. But I just want to tell about how amazing God is. Um, just things that, uh, for me, was confirmation that this is exactly what he wanted me to preach on. So I knew, or I believed that I was supposed to share about uh, reading the Word and developing a deeper relationship with the Word and getting into it. As, as my Sunday school class has been going through Genesis, and uh, I've read Genesis I don't know, several times in my life. I, I, I still remember being a teenage boy, and uh, the men who were leading my Sunday school class took us through Genesis. Uh, you know, there's, I remember going through that, and I remember the times that I've read it just in the past 10 years. But as we've been going through it in Sunday school class for the past uh, eight or nine or 10 weeks, the and taking time and slowing down and seeing things that I never knew were there. And so uh, God has just has put a desire in me to just do more with the Word. And I felt like that was what he was calling me to share. And, um, and so I knew that and I, I've, I felt that. And, but the, what God did to confirm that to me was... Today's scripture, the chapter of Psalms that we are supposed to read today is Psalms 119. Um, that wasn't what my sermon was going to be based on. It was just going to be falling in love with the word. Um, but if your Bible has a heading for Psalm 119, it probably says something like delight in the word or desiring the word, or something like that. And so, uh, as I was looking through and, and I saw that, that God had connected those two things, and, uh, you know, I messaged Daniel, and, and I said, you know, obviously not a coincidence, just a God-ordained uh, occurrence that Daniel does an amazing job of preaching through the Word and sharing the Word, and he's been keeping us in Psalms, and I, I thought, oh, I would like to do that, but then I thought, well, no, I've got something specific, but then God made the two meet up because he's God and I'm not, and he knew I would probably mess it up if I tried 
to orchestrate that. So uh, we are in Psalm 119, which is the longest chapter in the Bible. Uh, Miss Carol was talking about doing her scripture reading yesterday, and she saw, had seen in the email that I was going to preach through, and uh, I'm not going to preach through 176 verses of Psalm 119. I'll just clear that up now. But she saw that we were going to be in Psalm 119, and so she thought she would continue from yesterday's reading and just keep going, but then she decided she wanted to sleep last night, so <laughs> she did not read all 176 verses of Psalm 119 on top of all that. Um, but some things about Psalm 119. Uh, Daniel does an amazing job of, of sharing the, the Hebrew and the Greek, and I'm not going to get into all that because I don't know it. But I will share some facts about Psalm 119. The psalm is an acrostic. It is split up into... Uh, e- sets of eight verses. If you look in your Bible, it probably has Aleph as the first verse, or the first eight verses, all the way through Tal, which are the last eight verses. And each set of eight verses is, uh, from the acrostic, that is the Hebrew alphabet. And so that's how the author, the author is an unknown author. Um, It's credited to all different people, but Ultimately, uh, it's not known who it is. The author uses eight different words for Scripture, and that really all depends on which version of the Bible you have, uh, because even those eight words are different. Uh, Words for Scripture that are used, law, testimony or decree, precept, statute, commandment, judgment or ordinances, word, and promise. It appears that out of 176 verses, all of those verses except seven contain one of those eight words or or contain a direct mention of God's word. And if you count where, if your version of the Bible says way, God's way in verse 3 or verse 37, then you can add those, which would mean only five don't directly mention God's Word. So out of the longest book of the Bible, or the longest chapter of the Bible, in the longest book of the Bible, this longest chapter is centered on God's Word. Uh, To me, that means a little bit of significance. In all but 14 verses, he addresses his words to the Lord personally. So this psalm is basically a combination of worship, of prayer, praise, and admonition. We are given this this gift of Psalm 119, just like all of Scripture, um, to see how someone can, if you read it, it's, it's an up and down, up and down. There's praise. There is, God, I... Because of your word, help me against my enemies. I I don't like these people because they go against your word. Um, So there's there's so much in this one chapter. If you have not read it, uh, the whole chapter, I encourage you to do so. We are only going to go through the first 16 verses. Uh, 
So starting out in verse 1, how happy are those whose way is blameless, who live according to the Lord's instruction. Happy are those who keep his decrees and seek him with all their heart. They do nothing wrong. They follow his ways. You have commanded that your precepts be kept diligently. If only my ways were committed to keeping your statutes, then I would not be ashamed. When I think about all your commands, I will praise you with a sincere heart. When I learn your righteous judgments, I will keep your statutes. Never abandon me. How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping your word. I have sought you with all my heart. Don't let me wander from your commands. I have treasured your word in my heart so that I may not sit against you. Lord, may you be praised. Teach me your statutes. With my lips, I proclaim all the judgments from your mouth. I rejoice in the way revealed by your decrees as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and think about your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you so much. Lord, I thank you that, that you have us uh, God-breathed scripture that we can hold, Lord, that we can, we can carry around in our pocket, we can um, put it up on the walls of our house as you've called us to. Lord, we have access to your breath, and I just thank you for that. I pray, Lord, that as we look at Scripture, as we see the importance of it, um, Lord, that you would, you would speak to each individual heart here, Lord, from the youngest to the oldest, that it would be a desire for us to grow closer in our relationship with you and realize that you have given us that free and open access. Lord, not only can we speak to you through prayer, Lord, and you speak back to us, Lord, but we can, we can specifically see the mistakes, the celebrations that uh, people throughout history have made. Lord, now we just pray that everything done is done to glorify you. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen. Hey, so I saw a clip, uh, and I'll, I, I tried putting it fancy like that, that I saw a clip. It was a TikTok. Um, where it was a preacher who was saying... He was, he was just getting after his congregation, and he's saying, we don't need more of the Bible. So people don't need more of the Bible. You need to just live out the handful of verses you know. If you know one verse, we need to do a better job of living that out. And when I was watching that, I thought, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty accurate. Most people at least know John 3.16. With John 3.16, you can lead people to Christ. You can tell them the way to get to heaven. Why? Uh, you know, the world needed Christ. Christ was sent. And because of that, we can have eternal life. So just that one verse can expand the kingdom. But then the more I thought about it, I thought, unfortunately, too many of us, we just we stop there. Or we rely on our, our preacher, rely, rely on our Sunday school teacher, we, we rely on our grandparents who know the Bible, we rely on our family member who is in the ministry, we rely on so many other things, or I don't have to have it because 
If I need to know something, I can pull, pull it up anytime I want it. That's accurate. But first Tim, or 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3, verse 16, 17. This is God-breathed. This is God-inspired. It is for teaching. It is for preaching. It is for rebuking. God's word is given to us specifically to change our lives. We have access to it. Okay? Uh, there, especially here in the United States, in Yale County, Arkansas, there's, there's no excuse not to have access to it. If you don't have your Bible, and we, we tell this to our kids on Wednesday night, and we've tried to do our part in getting a Bible in their hands. If, if you are here today and you don't have a Bible at home, take the one in the pew. Okay. Um, if you can't understand the Bible you have, let us know. We will do our part to help get you a Bible that you can understand. Uh, the Bible app on your phone, which pretty much everyone has a smartphone. Some of you still have flip phones. That's okay, too. Uh, but if you have a smartphone, you can download a lot of different Bible apps and find it in just about every translation. And just about every language you could ask for. Uh, so we don't have an excuse not to at least have access. What is lacking is our willingness, our want to. This is God's word. And sometimes if you're like me, you think, oh, man, I, I've just got a lot going on. I want to be able to focus. I want to be able to sit down. I, I don't want to. I don't want to be able, I don't want to have to have distractions. And so we want to wait until it's bedtime and it's late at night and everything else has calmed down. And then at that point we get real tired and so our eyes glaze over and we don't get anything from it. Uh, so uh, my desire and what I feel like God is calling us to today is to have uh, a greater want to for being in the Word. And then when we're, we're in the Word, uh, as we are growing in the Word, three things to do with the Word. First thing is to read it. Read it. You have access to it. Read it. Um, Charles Spurgeon said, No one ever outgrows the Scriptures. The book widens and deepens with our years. Uh, if there was ever a stopping point, then, you know, I, I know Coach Wright has read through the Bible many, many times, cover to cover, okay? I personally only have one or two times and didn't pay attention through a lot of Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy. Um, but God has things for us in there, those two, okay? Um, but the scriptures expand. The more and more I, I get into it and the more I study and the more I have conversations with people, and we'll get into that, the deeper and the wider it gets. A.W. Tozer said, the Bible is not only a book that was once spoken, but a book which is now speaking. A lot of times we get into the Bible and we, we start thinking, oh, we, we're detached 
from this book that was written thousands of years ago. Yet we, as churchgoers and as Christians, we say, yeah, we still serve this God and we still serve this Jesus who was written about, but we don't want to actually hear what they have to say. Those two things don't, don't go together. If we claim that we have a relationship with God, then we should have a relationship with his word. Uh, Psalm 1, 1 through 3. How happy is the man who does not follow the advice of the wicked or take the path of sinners or join a group of mockers. Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction and he meditates on it day and night. He is like a tree planted beside streams of water that bears its fruit in the season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Jesus himself, after he had, uh, had fasted for 40 days and he's in the desert and, and Satan knows that he's weak and Satan says, Hey, I know you're hungry. Just give yourself a little bit of relief. Turn these rocks into bread. You can eat that. And what does Jesus say? Jesus says in Matthew 4, 4, It is written, man must not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Some of you know this. Jesus then was not just being all, all spiritual. Jesus was man. But Jesus had grown up a young Jewish boy, and so he had learned the scriptures of the Old Testament. Yes, you know, he, he's, he's fully God. He knew everything that was going on. But he had learned these things in school. He had, he had grown up being taught Old Testament scriptures. So what does Jesus do whenever he was confronted with a problem? He quoted scripture. To Satan, to a big temptation, he says, hey, this... You can't get me because I know where my foundation is. Jesus had developed that foundation. Uh, some of us, we think, okay, well, you know, I, I get my Bible study. Um, I know sometimes, I hate to say this, but sometimes Sunday school teachers don't open their Bible until Sunday morning. Uh, before we come to Sunday school, some of us don't open our Bible till we get there. Or if we don't come to Sunday school, we don't open our Bible throughout the week until we get into the church service. And that's if we remembered where we had put our Bible from the week before. Uh, or we say, oh, well, you know, I, I have full access to the Bible, but we never actually open up the app and look at it. And... I can't imagine, unless you were specifically sitting down to fast, I can't imagine that any of us would ever sit or sit down for breakfast on Sunday morning, eat our breakfast, and say, that's good enough. Should be good till next Sunday. Right? I mean, I'm, I'm going to eat every day. Uh, Right, Force? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to eat every day. And yet we think, oh, well, I took in enough that's going to sustain me until next week. Whenever I've opened my Bible, whenever I've sat in the pew and I've let the preacher 
preached to me, whether you open your Bible or not. Uh, but there are times in the Bible where it is, it is used as, uh, or, or it is as desirable or more so than food. Jeremiah 15, 16, your words were found and I ate them. Your words became a delight to me and the joy of my heart, for I am called by your name. Psalm 119, 103, how sweet your word is to my taste, sweeter than honey in my mouth. Job 23, 12, I have not departed from the commands of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my daily food. You know, we don't talk a whole lot about fasting. The Bible doesn't say if you fast. The Bible does say when you fast. And sometimes we think about fasting. We think, oh, man, I don't know how long I could actually fast. If, if you're talking specifically about food. If we ever got to a point where we desired the word and we love the word more than food. Then and that was our attention or more than whatever it is we are fasting from. You know, a couple months ago, Daniel uh, challenged us to fast from social media. And I know a lot of people that was extremely, extremely difficult for, myself included. It's a whole lot easier if you just get rid of it and put it out of your way. But whenever God's word, what if God's word had that big of a pull on your life? That you could not go a day without having it. That you couldn't go every six hours without having God's word like we do with food. Or less than that. Um, one helpful thing for me is using scripture as prayer. How many of you have ever prayed scripture? Yeah. God gives us beautiful prayers, those first few verses of Psalm 119. But also, uh, if you want to start, if sometimes we say, oh, you know, I have a hard time understanding Scripture. I mean, I, I know some verses, but the rest of it are hard for me. If you have a hard time understanding Scripture, write this down. Start using Psalm chapter 119, verse 33 through 40 as your prayer. Before you, before you read other scripture, use those verses as your specific prayer. Again, that's Psalm 119, verse 33 through 40. Use that as your prayer before you start reading other scripture. And see if God doesn't start revealing himself to you even greater. So the first thing we're supposed to do, what we should do with God's word, is read it. The second thing is heed it. At this quote here from Black, Henry Blackaby. Uh, if you don't know who Henry Blackaby is, he wrote the study uh, Experiencing God, a longtime preacher. He said, God's commands are designed to guide you to life's very best. You will not obey him 
if you do not believe him and trust him. You cannot believe him if you do not love him. You cannot love him unless you know him. And I'll say you cannot know him unless you know his word, unless you are in his word, unless you spend time with him. You can't get to know anyone unless you actually spend time not just talking to them, but actually hearing back from them. A lot of us, we say, oh, yeah, I have a great relationship with God. I pray all the time. Uh, yet we never actually listen to see if God is responding to us. We, oh, we're sending our requests. We send our requests, and every once in a while, something awesome will happen. We'll see a, a miracle happen. We see God respond, and we say, oh, yeah, God, thank you so much. But in your daily life, how much do you let God speak to you? How much are you saying, God, hey, I want to know you, Lord. Uh, I'm going to pray these verses, Psalm 119, 33 through 40, and I just want you to speak to me through your word. How often do we do that? And so that we can go out and live his word. James 1, 22, or 1, verse 22 through 25, but be doers of the word. And not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Because if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man looking at his own face in a mirror. For he looks at himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But the one who looks intently into the perfect law of freedom and perseveres in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but one who does good works, this person will be blessed in what he does. You know, I... I think uh, most of us, if you, if you come to church here consistently, if you watch online consistently, um, you probably really enjoy Brother Daniel. I hear people every week after service or, or on Facebook, whatever, say, man, that was a great message. Daniel, I love that. That was so good. Thank you for speaking to us. That, that was so good. I just wonder how many of those same people, myself included, on Monday can tell them what the message was about. Man, that was so good. That was so good. While I'm, while I'm sitting here in the pew, I'm going to really think about that. Man, that was good. And then we go throughout the week. If it's so good, if we are receiving such a good word from the pulpit which is God-inspired. It's not our pastor. It's, it's through the Spirit. It's Spirit-led. If what we are hearing is so good, what are we doing with it? What are we doing about it? Who are we sharing it with? If it was good enough for him to share, shouldn't it be good enough for you to take and share with someone? For me to take and share with someone? Now, if it's that good, or, man, God's just doing a lot. They, these scriptures, I... Sometimes I've sat, and I don't know uh, if you've ever sat and actually raised your hands or, or bowed your head or just, oh, wow, while reading Scripture. But when we have those moments, uh, and God says, oh, and it may be something personal. Right? Our relationship with God is personal, but our relationship with God is not private shouldn't be private. When God does something personal in your life, share it. Live it out. Let people see it. 
1 John chapter 2, verse 3 through 6. This is how we are sure that we have come to know him, by keeping his commands. The one who says, I have come to know him, yet doesn't keep his commands, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly, <clears throat> truly in him, the love of God is perfected. This is how we know we are in him. The one who says he remains in him should walk just as he walked. Just as he walked. Just as Christ walked. You know, uh, one of my favorite things to talk about is in Acts chapter 11. That Christians, and a lot of people have stopped using the word Christian. They, they want to call themselves Christ followers again because so many call, people call themselves Christians and then they don't live like Christ lived but in the first time that the word Christian is used in Acts chapter 11 they didn't say hey guys we're Christians it says they were called the apostles were first called Christians at Antioch because they kept showing up every day and they kept talking about Christ and then they kept living like Christ and so the people from Antioch had heard about Christ and they started saying, man, we've heard about this guy who was, who was killed and we heard about the things that he did and the way he walked and the way he taught and the way he shared and now these, Christ, these, these people, these men who keep showing up, they look a whole lot like what we've heard about. They were living it. They were heeding the word. They were going through their daily walk just the way they had seen Jesus. Some of us, we say, oh man, the desire of my heart is to be more like Christ. That's a bunch of baloney until you actually know what the life of Christ actually looks like. And you only know that through getting into the Word. Um, Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. A lot of times we pray, Lord, I want to know your will. I want to know your will. And again, we pray that without being in Scripture. I, odds are, if you are praying that you want to know God's will, and you are seeking his will through his word, that will reveal, his will will reveal itself a lot more clearly than if you just toss up a prayer and hope something magically falls. God, God, God has a will for each of our lives. And it's, it's not going to say, hey, Kelly, I want you to do this. You know, that, that's not written anywhere here in Scripture. But the more Kelly more time Kelly spends in the scripture, she's going to find it out. You're going to find it out. I'm going to find it out. Because God, I am hearing from him. I'm giving my time. He knows where the desires of my heart are. And so he is going to speak to me. So we are to read scripture. We are to heed scripture. And then we are to feed it uh, and and. By that, obviously, I, I mean feed other people. We are supposed to give it out. Ken Ham, 
um, who, if you've heard of, of the ark that was built, if you've ever been to the ark, uh, Ken Ham does a whole lot of studies through Genesis, um, a great Christian scientific mind, says, imagine if we started raising generations of children who stood uncompromisingly on the word of God, knew how to defend the Christian faith, could answer the skeptical questions of this age, and had a fervor to share the gospel from the authority of God's word with whomever they met. This could change the world. And we say, oh, I, I'm to the point where I really don't like the phrase, well, kids these days. Now, for the most part, kids these days are the way they are because of adults these days. Adults these days are the way they are because of the adults from them. We, for the most part, learn each generation is impacted by the generation before them. We're not just, kids aren't just born to do things. I, myself included, I say, man, kids spend a whole lot of time on social media that they don't need to be on. And they spend so much time staring at a screen. I say that as I buy my daughter a screen to look at and then sit beside her and stare at my screen while she stares at her screen. And then our correspondence is we share our screens with each other and say, hey, look at this. And we do that, and that has been ages and ages. Before it was cell phones, it was the generations before us, some of your generations when you were in your teen years and in your early 20s and 30s, it was a television. When the invention of television came, people thought that that was going to be the doom of all family gatherings because everybody just stood there or sat there and stared at the screen. Before that, it was newspapers. I don't know if you've ever seen pictures of people just lined up staring at newspapers. It was the print that people were staring at. And it, it's been generation to generation. The, the, what it is has changed but the fact that there are distractions has not changed. And so we are to raise up our children. We are to tell our neighbor. We are to tell those who we don't know, and especially those we do know, what God is doing in our life. If we are, would raise up a new generation, if we ourselves would become a generation of Bible-following, Bible-reading people, then the Bible would be what shapes our world. Colossians 3.16 says, let the word dwell in you richly, Teach and teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Uh, I'm thankful that we have a worship pastor who puts words straight from Scripture up for us to sing every week. If you're paying attention in that second song, it, it caught me especially. It's talking about going through the deepest valleys. and uh, There were, uh, what I counted, about four different books of the Bible 
that had verses that were mentioned in that second song. That we're singing scripture. Most of the psalms that we're reading through were written as songs. Daniel has talked about that as he's been talking uh, to us each week through psalms. Um, so, let the word dwell in you rich, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. So that wisdom that you are gaining from reading the word and from heeding the word, then go and share that word. Let it dwell richly in you and then let it come out of you through teaching and admonishing. Romans 10, 14. But how can they call on him they have not believed in? And how can they believe about, <coughs> without hearing about him? And how can they hear without a preacher? So, some of you have heard the not-so-funny story about the first time we had a gathering at our house last year uh, whenever we opened our pool. Long story short, I lit a, uh, a fire pit. The fire pit, the fire got down to the propane tank underneath the pit, and it started shooting fire out. Not very fun. And as everyone's scattering and we're trying to get it put out without, you know, anyone getting hurt, John Riedel calls 911. And he says, there's a fire. We need someone to get here to the creamers. And they say, well, what's the address? And John, and he was a little bit hysterical, he got real upset. He said, who doesn't know where the creamers live? Because John himself has been in our house a lot of times. Most of the people John associates with on a daily basis know where our house are. A lot of times we think, oh, well, I know this. I hang out with Josh. Josh knows this. Everybody knows these scriptures. Everybody knows all these things that I'm, I, I want to share. But no, people don't know. Your neighbor may not know. The people you work with don't know. We have people who don't, in Danville, Arkansas, who don't know that Jesus died for them. That's, you know, sometimes, oh, no. Because most of the people you know, most of the people you associate with probably do know. But you are sur not surrounded but we are around people who do not know. And when we just assume, oh, everybody knows where the creamers live because I know where the creamers live and most of the people I hang out with know where the creamers live, then why doesn't everyone? Oh, I know that Jesus died on the cross for me. Most of the people I spend time with know that Jesus died on the cross for me. Everyone knows. That's not the truth. That's not the world we live in. And even that, what we believe is truth, those who have heard that, a lot of them are hearing distorted versions of that also. One of the first times I ever had, to, when I was coaching at Western Yale, one of the first times I had to substitute on a bus route. I got on the bus, it had written instructions, and it said, head out of town and take a left at the crossroads. <laughs> believe it or not, I didn't know what that meant. I, I didn't know which way I was heading out of town. I 
for sure didn't know where the crossroads were. I mean, I, there's only two ways out of town. I could head either one of those. I didn't know which left I was taking. And we think, oh, you know, these instructions that people are, are hearing are going to be clear. They, they'll figure it out. There's a church on every corner. Uh, we, uh, we live in the Bible Belt. They can turn on their TV on Sunday morning, and they're going to find somebody. The First Baptist of Palm Bluff is preaching at 9 o'clock on Sunday mornings. They'll probably turn that on. No, we, uh, we have people around us who do not know. And how can they know unless someone is going to tell them? And then, you know, we want to get caught up sometimes in how can they hear without a preacher that's not saying, how can they hear without Brother Daniel or Brother Josh going to share with them? No, you are the preacher. You are the one carrying the word. How does your neighbor, how does, how does the person that you work with, how does that person at the grocery store that just really strikes up a random conversation with you and has a hard time, how can they know unless they hear? And how can they hear unless someone tells them? Uh, Not only to those outside, but those inside your house. Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 through 9. Listen, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. You know, sometimes we think, oh, you know, and it, it gets joked about that I say, oh, the Old Testament uh, is the Old Testament. It doesn't matter. Don't worry about reading it. Obviously, I don't believe that. Um, but it is something I've joked about a lot of times with Dusty and Daniel. And so they like to bring it up every time uh, or quite often. Um, but these words, those, those are repeated in the New Testament. The, the number one commandment. These words that I'm giving you today are to be in your heart. Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road. When you lie down and when you get up. Bind them as a sign on your hand and let them be a symbol on your forehead. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. When people are around you, this, you know, it's making reference to a house, but specifically just when people are around you, what is your conversation about? It is said, it's estimated that Jesus, out of the hundred and depending on which version of the Bible you have, 1,800 scriptures in the four Gospels are Jesus, uh, that Jesus spoke. It's estimated that 180, so one-tenth, were him quoting or alluding to scripture. So think about that. What if, what if every ten sentences you said, at least one of them, was you quoting scripture or making a reference to God, or pointing someone to God, or inviting someone to church. You know, sometimes we say, oh, you know, I don't want to be too over the top. I, we're called to walk like Christ. If one out of every ten of Christ's words were him quoting Scripture or making a reference to Scripture, shouldn't we be similar? I would think so. We finish with this every week. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. 
Then Jesus came near and said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. And, and so we use that as, that's the great commission, go and share and tell. But that, <clears throat> that verse 20, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. Now, we're supposed to call, we're, we, if you only know one verse, if you only know John 3.16 or, or whatever, one verse you know that can draw people to Christ, Use that one verse. But we're called to know more of what God has commanded us. We're called to know more of who Jesus really was, how Jesus walked. We should be living that out, and we should be growing in our knowledge. I'll finish up with this. This quote from... Warren Wearsby, our relationship with the Word of God indicates our relationship with the God of the Word. If you claim to have a deep love for God, then it should be evident through your deep love for God's Word. If you're here today, and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. We just read it about it this morning in Sunday school. John chapter 1, verse 1 through 3. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus Christ is, is the Word of God. Jesus Christ is who you need to know before you really get into Scripture. All this Scripture is God-breathed. But Jesus is the most important part of this. It, Jesus is in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. And Jesus goes through the end of Revelation. Jesus is through it all. If you don't have a personal relationship with him, then it's, it's not really going to matter a whole lot what you get into here with the word. But if you claim to have a relationship and you claim that Jesus is your Savior and that and the God is the Lord of your life, then you should have a deep desire to be in his word. So as Josh comes up uh, and the musicians come up, uh, I want you to bow your head and prayer with me. And just whatever, you, whatever your current relationship with the word is and with God is, uh, Pray that you will let that God's word deepen inside you and that it will get wider as you seek him. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you that Jesus came in his flesh, but in the beginning, before he, before he donned human flesh, he was your word. He is the word. He is all God. And Lord, we, we thank you for that. And I pray, Lord, that the, if there are those who do not have a relationship with him or those who claim to have a relationship with you through Christ, uh, but they don't have a relationship with your word, Lord, but that, uh, that they would evaluate that and that you would just speak to hearts today, Lord, and that 
we would draw close to you, that we would read your word, that we would heed your word, and that we would feed your word, Lord. Uh, Lord, we just thank you so much for who you are and what you continually do in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.